Santel, but I've been seen with Farrup. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine, I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone fast with a girl named Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a death-defying life I lead. I take my chances. I die for living in the movies and TV. But the hardest thing I ever do is watch my leading ladies kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee. I might fall from a tall building. I might roll a brand new car. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman that made Redford such a star. I've never spent much time in school, but I taught ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman. Makes Eastwood look so fine. They'll never make me president, but I got the best curse, ladies. Some days I've got them as far as the eye can see. A morning dive with Jackie Smith, I crash in the night with Cheryl. But in the end, they never stay with me. I might fall from a tall building so Bert Reynolds don't get hurt. I might leave a mighty canyon so he can kiss and flirt. While that smooth talker's kissing my girl, I'm just kissing dirt. Yes, I'm the lonely stuntman that made a lover out of Bert. Welcome to episode 25 of the Monday Morning Critic. Today we have a very special guest. He is stuntman, actor, podcast host, Buddy Sostan. Buddy, how are you today, my friend? I am doing great, and thanks for having me on the Monday Morning Critic. Did I get that right? You did, my man. You got it. <laughs> right on. All right, so let's talk about uh, um, how long you grew up in Montana. Am I right with that? Well, okay, so here's here's a little quick thing. We did not grow up in Montana. Okay. I was born in Montana, okay. and then we moved to Texas. So my dad was in the military, yep. and we were stationed at Maelstrom Air Force Base. Yep. And uh, that's where I was born. And then immediately after that, um, I think I was three, we moved to the Republic of Texas, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> Is it um, – and I know a lot of um – it seems like I, I, I interview a lot of people where their parents are in the military. Is it difficult, you think, moving around a lot? Does that ever wear on a kid, you think? Or were you just too young to, at that point to kind of know the difference? You know, I, you know dude, I, I will say yes. Because even though I was very young, we moved, you know, like I said, we lived in England at one point in time. Wow. Um, you know, we lived in, like I said, it was, uh, if I'll do the trajectory right now, and it was like uh, Montana, Texas, 
England and then back to Texas. And then my dad went and deployed off to Korea um, for a couple of deployments while we stayed in Texas. So, um, it, yeah, it can, it can get – I guess I do remember, you know, but you just kind of – you learn how to adapt. And I think that's kind of once you accept that fate um, at, at an early age, I think you just basically accept that fate at an early age. You just, you just learn to adapt. Most military – as we call ourselves military brats, I know. Yeah. are really good at adapting to different situations because it's just a part of the narrative, man. Just, yeah. That's just what you do. Yep, yep. And let me ask you, fast-forwarding a little, did you go to Southwest University, which is now Texas yes, State? It's, uh, well, at the time, it was called Southwest Texas State University. Gotcha. Um, and now it's called Texas State University, yes, and that's in uh, San Marcos, Texas. And, and you have an interesting major there, philosophy. What made you decide to, to go with philosophy? <laughs> Yes, I, I got a degree in philosophy in Spanish, wow. and I always tell the joke that I wanted to have deep uh, thoughts about being unemployed in Spanish, so, <laughs> uh, which is why. No, um, I read a lot, and um, I was always really, 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 and I'd say kind of stemmed from my martial arts background. Uh, I was always interested in, in philosophy, more from the Eastern side. Right. But then when I got to college, I, I started getting a little bit into existentialism. And and um, and so um, that just that was something that spoke to me because when I got to college, I was undeclared like most, you know, 18 year olds. And then I took a philosophy class and was like, this is it. Mm. This is me. Mm. Um, so let me ask you, what kind of kid were you? Were you always taking risks? Are you always like uh, are you always kind of find yourself on the on the wrong end of uh you know, trouble. Talk about what it was like your childhood, other than you know the location and stuff like that. Um, well, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was definitely one of those kids who was always trying to, let's say, negotiate obstacles. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was very active. Of course, you know, I was very athletic. I played all sports. Um, you know, basketball, football, baseball. Football's a requirement in Texas, and then. Um, and then I got into and then I got into martial arts. But you know, we used to always go playing in the woods, and we would go hunting and fishing, and you know, we'd swing off the rope into the into the lake, and you know, I'd try to throw tricks off the rope, you know, yeah. flips and whatnot, gainers and whatnot. So yes, I've always kind of been into that little bit of motocross, you know, growing up. Yes. So so yeah, always like I said, always that kid who I said negotiating obstacles. Uh, is, is 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 a way to put it lightly. So so also let me ask you: Is there a um a, a movie, an actor early on where you're like, you know, whether it's you know like so I grew up watching you know Jean Claude Van, you know Dame, uh, uh who's the other um you know uh, Sylvester Stallone, all these guys in these movies. Is there a, is there a guy that hits home with you and you're like, that's it, that's that's what I want to do when I when I get older. You know, of course, I said, well, I said there was probably a couple because I think I was wacky about show business even as a kid. Like, I mean, I love movies. So, for one, I loved Clint Eastwood. I loved mm, Westerns. Yeah. Um, Bruce Lee. I loved Bruce Lee. Um, um, and I really did believe it or not. Uh, I used to love these uh cheesy kung fu flicks uh called kung fu theater and we would watch those my mother and i after church every sunday yeah and and i gotta tell you you kind of have a um now that i think about it bruce lee was highly philosophical 
and mm-hmm. and obviously with the martial arts. So that's kind of a, a a large part of your background. So I mean, absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, some people say, "Oh, you you that guy, you know, you you liked Bruce Lee, and he had a philosophy degree, and you wanted a philosophy degree." And I was like, "Well, yes and no." I mean, I didn't know his bio, but I just really dug his his uh, his his movies as a child. Yeah, and and you know, um, so you you have this love of movies, actor action movies. I I get that. Um, so, y- your your life progresses to the point where you're introduced to a stunt coordinator from Fear Factor. Do I have that timeline right, buddy? You have that absolutely right. Okay. So, let me ask you first, talk to me about that stunt coordinator. And the second part of that is, uh, do you ever have any interactions with Joe Rogan? Because I believe that he hosted that show. Yes. Yeah, so, um... Am I legally allowed to say people's names on the show? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, are, we, are we okay to do that? Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah, okay, cool. So at any rate, yeah, I was a PA um, production assistant when I came to town, and I was just trying to figure out how to get into stunts. So I was PAing for this first AD, who's a pretty famous first AD now. His name is Joe Osborne. Mm. And he called me up one day and said, hey, man, I'm going to be the first AD on a new TV show called Fear Factor. Mm. And he said, I want to introduce you to the stunt team. He goes, now look, you're going to have to start off as a, as a stunt production assistant, but this coordinator, whose name is Norbert Phillips, um, I talked to him about you, and he said, you can be the stunt PA. And, you know, So basically, a stunt production assistant is, you know, you're the lowest of the low. You're getting coffee, you're cleaning out trailers, you're counting, you're doing inventory of the equipment. You know, you're not you're not you're not responsible in doing anything related to any of the games or the stunts that were being on the show. Right. And so Norbert Phillips, um, I'll say, is one of the guys who uh, um, who literally helped me jumpstart my career because that experience on Fear Factor as a production assistant helped me learn the ins and outs. I'd say of stunts because he would bring on some of the top stunt performers in the business at the time. And, um, they would come help him, you know, safety, some of the games. They'd also, you know, test some of the games. And as I was running coffee and, and doing inventory, uh, they would take me aside sometimes and just, they'd, they'd show me a couple things. Right. So, so, that's... so it was a great training ground from the from the ground up. And I literally mean from the ground up. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's old school kind of, that's like uh, if I could if I could relate it to a movie. That's like you know Mr. Miyagi teaching him to, to paint the fence, you know, and then kind of working your way up. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, bro, and that's actually been my my narrative. I'd say because you know it's funny in, in this day and age. You know, there are a lot of people who are really talented, man, and they put up these YouTube videos, and they're immediately in show business. Yeah. They immediately come get a job. And me, I was part of that, I'd say, the last generation of you had to come in and, you know, like I said, go to someone's house and throw a couple punches in the backyard or fall on a pad or clean the pad or go, you know, in, mm. you know go do inventory. Um, yeah, so totally old school, man. That was the way that... Uh, I was brought up, and I'm very glad for it. Right, right. And you're paying your dues for sure. Let me ask you, is there a time in that period, buddy, where you're like, what the hell am I doing this for? Like, this is ridiculous. Or, or do you ever question that? No, 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 because of my martial arts background, I think prepared me for that. Okay. You know, you know, when I did martial arts for years, you know, before I became an instructor myself, mm. you know, for years I was painting the fence. So I've always been patient when it comes to learning. I've never been one to want to rush. 
maybe to my own detriment, you know, mm. uh, uh, because I'm just when I'm just a really patient guy when it comes to that. I'm like, hey, you know, I'll just work and work and work, and in God's time, um, I'll get the opportunity, and hopefully, I'll be ready. Um, so yeah, I never ever had that, man. Never once. Mm. Do you have any interactions with Joe Rogan, talking to him, just shooting the shit with him, anything like that? You know, very rarely, because like I said, I was a PA, but Joe was always really nice, man, and professional, so we did, because um, he knew that I had a martial arts background, you know, he had a martial arts background, MMA background, Yeah. but, um, you know, but, you know, yeah, so, you know, very limited, limited, but the interactions I had with Joe have always been stunning. And, and I know you're a podcaster, I just think he's one of the best, you know, you listen to him, and I, I, I really enjoy him, so that's kind of why I ask about Joe Rogan. So let me ask you, buddy, how about some of your training as you get, as, you know, the older you get, the more experience you get? I mean, I get, you know, the falling and stuff like that, but is there techniques? Are there other things that you learn for the trade of being a stuntman? I mean, not necessarily just the martial arts. I get that part. But is there anything else you're learning that you're kind of, you never knew and you're surprised at? Is something that kind of blows you away? You know, I, I would say it's hard to say something that blows me away, but I would say you are always learning. I mean, you know, like I said, I came in with that background, but the majority of the stuff was, you know, I, I did motorcycle stuff. I've mm. done scuba diving. I've done rappelling. I've done, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you something funny. Uh, just recently on the TV show Scorpion, um, we had to run up a hill shooting. And I always think to myself, what makes me an expert at running up a hill and shooting? Nothing, right? Mm. <laughs> so so I guess, you know, what, what, what I would say is it's like I, every day usually on set, pal, you're learning something different. Mm. Um, but part of my job, I say, is actually negotiating problems, right? right. So you're kind of a problem solver. Right. So I guess what, what what's the, you know, beyond a certain trade and skill set, um, whether it be tactical gun training, um, you know, expanding my martial arts base, um, I would say, um, I'd say kind of sometimes the onset experiences themselves help you become a better craftsman because the foundation of stunts is usually always the same. Like I say, you have to always kind of uh, negotiate obstacles. And so to run up this hill when it's 105 degrees outside wow. wearing, you know, heavy wardrobe, figuring out ways to do that repetitively, uh, I learned something, a new way of, 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 uh, of, of, you know, being a better craftsman. Right, right. And I know a lot of people love to ask you what's your favorite stunt. I'm not going to ask you that because I think it's a really silly question because, I mean, I don't know right. how, how you But I do have to ask you, do you remember the first time you're in a movie? actually doing a you know a stunt you remember the first kind of huge opportunity you get where you're like holy shit i'm on i i'm i'm in the big light here i'm 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 in the you know i'm i'm the focus here i better get this right yeah malibu's most wanted <laughs> very very cool how well, do you remember what the stunt was the stunt in malibu's most wanted was uh, i had to run out of the house me uh, before it exploded yeah um yeah, and it was like, and dodge a truck. So a truck drives through, and Humvee drives through, had to dive out of the way of a Humvee as it drives through the house. Then I was supposed to run out with a couple of the stunt performers as special effects blew it. And it was pretty nervous because it was like, yeah, you know, you had to keep your eyes on the Humvee coming in. Um, because uh, if he got out of control in any, any way possible, you could have gotten hurt badly. Mm. And if you uh, didn't get out of that house in time, uh, <laughs> that could have been another problem. Not that special effects would have blown it. Right. But the fact that if my timing was off and they had to reset 
that would have been a very, very, very uh, step backwards in my career. Yeah, for sure. Do you ever have a stunt where you're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to pull this off. This is ridiculous. There, there's, uh, or even just the mention of it literally scared you beyond belief. Has there ever been that type of moment? Negative. No, 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 okay. no. Like I said, um, if I don't, if I ever, if I don't feel I can do a stunt, if someone calls me for, we call them gangs, a gang, mm-hmm. and then I don't think I can do, then I won't do it. You know, mm. um, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. But if I accept the job. Um, I'm going to do my best to make sure that I can that I can perform it. And, and let me ask you, you you've won awards, so it's like you're you're immensely successful. I mean, I was going over your filmography last night. I mean, Jesus, there's so much. I mean, you're in the uh, uh, Dead Man's Chest, At World's End, Sully, uh, Westworld, uh, Straight Outta Compton, Thor, my one of my all time favorites, The Road. So let me ask you, um, the awards you've won. Talk a little bit about that. Okay, so um, the, the Taurus Award is, um, we have our own award show called the World Taurus Stud Awards, which right. is sponsored by Taurus, right? Red Bull. And um, uh, Dead Man's Chest, um, we did a fight scene. We know when the, when the wheel rolls down the beach, and there was a team of us, and I played a uh, flying Dutchman. Mm. and cross swords with uh, Kira Knightley and whatnot. So we won uh, for the best fight category mm. uh, that year. Because, you know, we have different categories. Best fight, hardest hit, best high fall, best car work, best high work. And so that's where I got that. Then I've been nominated uh, for a SAG award for Get On Up, the James Brown biopic. Yes, yep. Um, I did the uh, I did the car chase in that, and I uh, also got nominated. I was part of the first best stunt ensemble in um, Civil War, wow. uh, Captain America Civil War. Yep, I was part yep. of that ensemble that got nominated for SAG award. I mean, that's kind of even to be nominated by the Screen Actors Guild. That's that's got to be a that's got to flatter you to a point where I mean, that's a testament to how strong or or, or how how really talented your ability is. I mean, that's got to be a compliment to you. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, man, I feel I can always be better. So, sure, you know, I believe. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'll take the honor by my colleagues, uh, and I'm honored to to be a part of the, the, you know, of the team of the ensemble to be nominated, nominated, nominated. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, but for me, it's funny. Like, I'm always thinking about the stunt itself because what I always tell people this too, bro, is that what you see on screen a lot of the times does not reflect what really happened so it's hard to see how all the elements that took place in order to perform a stunt Mm. that's really hard when you talk about hitting marks and 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 doing all that so i always tell people to me it's always like what i learned on the actual day what i could take home from me you know when i walk away from a stunt yeah it's funny that you say that because i was watching your your demo reel yesterday and there was um a scene of of you coming out of the water and kind of jumping onto like a dock and that was eventually supposed to be like a shark, right? So it's like just the way they use that. It's just really cool to see how that took place. Oh, dude, that's that's like that's an old reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was in a movie called Frankenfish, where we you know they snatched me out of the water and landed me on the dock. So yeah. you know, and once again, like you said, like you know, they CG the fish over my body, but mainly it was how many takes 
then I hit land, uh, you know, I hit the corner of the dock or, you know, I hit the front of the dock or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Until we yeah. finally got it right, you know? Yeah. All the elements that had to take place, the rigging team, having to have the amount of pressure, right, to land you right on that perfect spot and then for me being able to, you know, have my body in a position to make sure that I was going to hit that spot. So like I said, a lot of the things that don't get reflected when you see the final picture, yeah. um, um, are completely different. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, your filmography is unbelievable. It's it's one of the most impressive I've ever seen. Has there ever been a set that you were on where you're like, I love, I, I could be on this set forever. Like the one that you found more, I don't want to say pleasant. That's a cheesy word. More uh, favorable than all the rest, where you, where you were like, I, I could come here every day to work. You know, man, no. No, I will, and, and the only reason I say that is because, um, and I've got too many. So that's when you're dealing with the Texans, that's what you're gonna get. Uh, I've got too <laughs> many stories. The story someone asked me, buddy, which which job do you like? Oh, the one I'm on now. You know, so yeah. I just genuinely love what I do, and um, there haven't been too many sets uh, really that I'd say that I favored more than the other. You know what I mean? I'm right. always a little bit, you know, sad when they say it's a wrap. You know, you know, we have that. We have what's called a. On the, we have a call sheet, which is basically the sheet that tells you when you come to work, and then when that F is by your name, start work, finish. Mm. You know, mm. you know, it's always kind of bittersweet. You know, um, so yeah, man. Sorry to be so long-winded. I, I there's not one where I could say I could come here every day because generally speaking, when I'm on set and I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I do, I, I love, I love it regardless. No, man, I love your stories. Anything you got, I'd, I'd love to hear. Um, so let me ask you kind of on, on a more of a somber note, uh, the passing of John Bernecker, uh, the walking dead stunt man. So let me ask you, I mean, if I was a stunt man, <clears throat> I mean, the only thing I could compare this to what would be like, so like sometimes there's NASCAR drivers that get into accidents and they have some of them have a lot of trouble getting back into the car again. Do stuntmen? It's an obvious tragedy, but do some stuntmen maybe look at that situation and kind of have a fear in their own lives? You think, buddy, or is it just an individual basis? And just talk about, I guess, that whole situation in general. Very good question, man. Um, yes, I would say. Well, first of all, let me go back. I. As, as I would say that when a situation like that happens, there definitely is a time of mourning because when one of our brothers or sisters passes, it shakes you. Mm. Um, it, 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 it makes you definitely question, um, you know, I guess why you're doing something. You, know, you have to be a liar because I always say you're going to have fear no matter what you do. You're always nervous. I go, the second that you lose that, the second that you lose that type of nervousness or fear before you perform a stunt, I've always said, I'm getting out of the business. Mm. Because, you know, if my heart is not racing 100 miles an hour before I do a stunt, I'm getting out of the business. Mm. So I think that that's a natural thing to have. Now, when a, when a tragedy happens, um, yeah, I think it just makes us take a step back and we talk about what happened and you just think about, okay, um, ways in what... You know, you know, you know, when you proceed in doing stunts, you know, we always say accidents do happen. You know, you can take all the safety precautions that you want, and sometimes you might just miss something. Sometimes it could be operator error. And so all of these things will definitely affect a stunt performer um, moving forward. But part, you know, but if, it, if there was no dangers, we said, if it were 100% safe, it would not be called stunts, and I would not have a job, much less a career. Mm. So we're definitely to the kind of guys and gals who are going to get back in the saddle, but we're going to try to learn by doing a lot of self-reflection, um, 
and moving forward and, and, and trying to, you know, uh, uh, execute these things much better. Mm-hmm. So, yes, man, I, I would say anyone who tells you that they're not, you know, anyone who tells you, oh, yeah, it didn't affect me is absolutely lying. Right, right. Well, um, um, you know, and as far as the, the, the death goes, um, that's still under investigation. Mm-hmm. Um that you know even within the community there are those who are there who are keeping it tight lipped and i think part of that is due to the fact is that there still isn't investigation but you know um all of our love and prayers go out to the family of john bernecker and and also the stunt coordinator on the show because right. you know that's something that um that is going to be for all people present the camera crew everybody who was present that day is going to be affected by this incident right right and it's 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 it moves people from the stuntmen to the actors to people that you know loved him so yeah it's it's a tragedy in every way possible and and the one thing that i hope that maybe comes from this and i'm not saying this is with the reason why but you know you hope that moving forward people are more kind of mindful of what's going on not that they weren't here but just as you know let's make sure let's triple check this situation let's quadruple check it you know what i'm trying to say Absolutely important, and like I said, you know, you you, you do uh, how to say that. Generally speaking, you do that anyway, and I yeah. think what's going to happen is, like you said, that is that you know you just take a step back, and and, and, and and even in the larger picture, even in a spiritual sense, I would say that you know it, it, it even puts that in context where you say you can triple check, quadruple check, and just do everything you can, and then even then, still an accident could happen. I've had my share of accidents in this business where you triple check. And, you know, you do everything and then, you know, you're waking up and you're heading to the hospital. You know what I mean? So, you know, we've all I always tell people you do this is law of averages. You do this long enough. um, It's not a matter of if, as we say, it's a matter of when you're going to get dinged or hurt. How bad is up to the man upstairs. Right. Right. Let me ask you, um, what's the and I know you've been asked this, but I'd love to hear your answer. What's the worst you've ever been hurt at one time from one incident? I broke six ribs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that that can't feel very good. Yeah, yeah, but you know, hey, like I said, occup- what's it called? occupational hazard, you know? Right. And, and, and if, if, if this next question is done in my business, just tell me it's done in my business. So you, you sometimes you hear about football players who wake up or hockey players or whatever. They wake up, you know, um, as they get older and, and, and it's like, ah, uh, you know, it's like it's the Nick Nolte, they remind me of Nick Nolte's grunts, you know, you know, um, did you find yourself like sore or has, has, have things added up and it, it, does it make life a little more difficult the older you get or are you well trained enough to know, you know, something I, I know how to heal myself. I kind of know how to take care of myself. If you could answer to yeah. that. Well, I mean, come on, man. You spoke of Mr. Miyagi. I am Mr. Miyagi. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, yes. I mean, sure. You know, you have – you you do any type of athletics. Sure, you're going to have uh, – you know, it, it, it adds up. But I think sometimes stretching and your diet and, and, and rest will mitigate some of that pain. But, you know, like you said, a professional athlete who's taking collisions – um, you're definitely going to have some effects when you get older. Sure. Um, but I, I hate to say it, like I shouldn't say I hate to say it. I'm to say I hate to say it. I would equate that to somebody maybe who's even who did construction for a long time, or I've got a friend of mine who's been a teacher for darn near 20 years. He's always talking about how bad his lower back hurts. So mm. you know, yes, definitely it adds up, brother. And um, like I said, it's just the 
you know, the stretching and the rehabilitation. I, I've been swimming a lot more. I do less contact sports now. I don't spar anymore. Mm. You know, um, if I go in and hit the bag, I just, I, I'm the heavyweight champion of the, of the heavy bag now. <laughs> um, you know, so you start minimizing uh, contact because you're right. As you get older, uh, you want to be able to play with your kids. Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point, though. That could be really any profession. Construction, I never really kind of thought of that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it doesn't have to be just these, like, contact sports or, or stuntman. It's, it, it's, it's virtually many professions. Um, so let me ask you, um, <clears throat> so I know you, you work very hard in preparing yourself as a stuntman. How about as an actor? Do you view it separately? Because there's, there's a couple of movies you've been an actor. Um, do you kind of consider yourself a, a stuntman completely? Or do you kind of, are you, do you view it 50-50? Um, how, how would you answer that? I'm a stuntman 100% all day, every day. Gotcha. Um, what ends up happening, I've got about 17 acting credits um, when I first got to town, I was told by coordinators that if you could hold dialogue, if you could say lines, you know, it's just another, we call it just another tool in your toolbox. So, um, you know, um, I, I generally, if you look at most of the roles that I have, all have a stunt component to them. Right. So in, in the road, I was the archer mm. and I didn't have any dialogue. But what happened was, you know, um, Viggo Morton shoots, a, you know, the arrow in, hits me in the chest and, I'm, and I catch on fire. Mm. And uh, they just wanted somebody who could be a stunt actor who could just be comfortable. Right. You know, you know what I mean? In a situation and whatnot. So, so you know, I, I would say for sure that it has helped. Uh, but I'm a I'm a stunt man 100 percent all day. Do you rewatch the movies you're in and and, and kind of talk about it, or are you one of these people that kind of just does your thing and moves on and doesn't watch the, doesn't watch the work? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't seek. I mean, you know, I, I was that old reel that you found. I was forced to make that reel. I tell people because uh, I make people laugh because I was, you know, getting it. I was being uh, considered to be in a stunt, stunt fraternity. Right. And uh, otherwise, yeah, I just kind of keep it moving. You know, like I said, it's what I learned on the day. You know, I'll watch a movie. I think it's going to be a good movie. There are so many things that I have worked on that I haven't watched. And sometimes I'll go watch movies like, oh, I just saw my name. Oh, wait a minute. I remember when I did that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know? Right, right, um, right. That, that can happen too. <laughs> yeah, because... Like I told you, I mean, I love The Road. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. I mean, it's tough to watch, but um, that leads me to my next question. You mentioned Viggo Mortensen. Do you ever develop a good rapport with a lot of these, you know, like top shelf actors like Viggo Mortensen or Johnny Depp? Do you develop a rapport with them? Do you kind of have a a friendship or or understanding with them? How, How does that work? Every movie will be different. Yeah. So if you want to use, if you want to talk about the road specifically, I had a pretty good interaction with Vigo, and the reason why I say it is because he really cared what you thought. Wow. He really cared, like, because when he runs up there and I'm laying there and I'm on fire, and he he would ask me, like, you know, uh, does, this, does this, you know, how does this affect you, buddy? Is it helping you at all? Is there anything I could do? You know, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just thinking that's a stunt performer. Oh, look, I'm going to just shoot this arrow and uh, shoot you in the leg, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but, you know, but he was asking me, is there anything you can do to help motivate, you know, my character, you know? And because, uh, because like he says, I take you out. He goes, but eventually you take me out because because of your arrow. Right. I get the infection and die, right? Right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, you know, every film is different, you know, uh, even TV shows are different. I will say um, when I did Grimm, I did Grimm for five seasons, TV show Grimm. Yep. Um, and I doubled Russell Hornsby, who also was in the movie Fences. I worked on Fences as well. But I had a really good rapport with him because he was really character specific. Mm. So whenever we would choreograph fights, 
or there was an action sequence coming up, he wanted me to always keep the character in the context. So, 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 I, so I wouldn't make it stunty. Right. So I had a really good rapport with him. So certain people you do, Jaiman Hansu, I did a movie called Elephant White, and I was in uh, Thailand for about nine weeks with Jaiman Hansu. I doubled him. And uh, he was another guy, same way. You know, so had a really good rapport with them in the sense of professionalism. You know, we weren't hanging out and breaking bread and having drinks, right? But we were definitely, like you said, definitely had a, had a rapport because it was all based on what the contribution was going to be and what the character would do in each situation. You know, yeah. even if it were a foot chase, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which way would he go? Would he really jump over that truck or would he run around the truck? You know what I'm saying? Like, Jimon was very specific about stuff like that. Yeah, he he's a phenomenal actor too, and I could see him being yeah. that. I could see him being that kind of guy. You know, like where he wanted to be thorough. Same thing with Vigo. I could kind of, I can absolutely see him talking to you about, can I do anything else? I can, I could see these guys doing that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so let me ask you. So, so a lot of times I hear about you know a list celebrities, and you, you don't have to mention names. I will. Um, you know, th- they say they do their own stunts. So, like, uh-huh. I don't know how to take that. Like, are they exaggerating? Because I heard, like, in Tom Cruise in one of the Mission Impossible movies was, you know, outside the window, you know, two, I- I'm exaggerating here, you know, 100 stories up, 200 stories up or whatever, right. doing his own thing. Do you think a lot of times that's exaggerated or do you think there are A-list celebrities that do their own stunts? No, that's a fact, brother, that, that, that they do. They do do their own stunts sometimes. Now, they won't do stuff that, like I said, that can really get them injured, bro. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, there, there is, we always say this. We always say this, man. Um, I'm there, my job, I'm there to assist the actors with the stunts. Mm-hmm. So it's a fact. You know, some people will say, I, I guess I'll say this. There are times, there are probably things that you see where you're like, there's no way that guy's going to do that. Because that's going to be way too dangerous. Right. Right. You know, but no, no. But, you know, oftentimes it's better for the film if you can utilize the actor to do the action. Right. Right. And um, let me ask you, do you have a phobia, like whether it's heights or like animals or something that is there something that, you know, and I know we talked about being scared and, and, you know, you have to have a certain amount of fear so you don't end up hurt. But is there anything that really just freaking freaks you out and kind of gives you the that you <laughs> snakes yeah snakes yeah and, and you've been around some sound some places where it sounds like snakes are pretty uh prevalent yeah snakes man yeah snakes are just i will say i haven't necessarily had to do stunts with snakes mm. um uh but yeah that would be one where that'd be tough yeah, be like, you know, like you remember, like in, uh, was it Raiders of the Lost Ark, or you know, yeah, with the, he yeah, falls the snake. In, into that pit of snakes, yes. you know, yes, I, I, I can't think of that stunt guy, and I, and, and you know, I, 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 I don't know if I, because they would say, oh, buddy, you know, they're defanged, they're they they're not even venomous. I I'd be like, no, they're snakes, right. <laughs> Um, so, so let me ask you, are, and, and like I said, this is one of those personal questions. If you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Are, are there significant others, I, you know, that are worried about you in your line of work? Do you, do you find that, like, you know, you know, sometimes boxers' wives are like that, or, or whatever? I hate to keep comparing it to sports, but is there is is there do people get worried about your line of work? Sure, brother. And by the way, uh, just to you know, 
um, you, you know, competitive sports. I always tell we are professional athletes. Absolutely, we're just I agree. we're just in show business. Yep. So yeah, it's just like sports, it's a different type of sport, but for sure, of course, of course, because although it's a calculated risk, and I mean this, it's a very, very calculated risk. Mm. We minimize the risk to a point to where there's almost there's no chance of someone getting hurt. But that being said. There's always a chance that you can, because that's why it's called a stunt, right? right? Like I said, so I'm running up this huge hill, this this huge mountain, uh, you know, on this show shooting. Um, okay, what can happen? You know, it's 105 degrees out there, right? I could I could get dehydrated. I could probably die of what's it called heat exhaustion. I don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. So, yeah, I, I think every day you go to work, there's definitely going to be a worry because you're usually going to be put in precarious situations. Mm. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely, brother, for sure. So if I told you, buddy, that I wanted to be a stuntman, what, what, what would be, like, three things that you would make sure I had to know right away? Um, well, one, I'd ask you how serious you are about it. Yeah. I, 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 I you know, I, that's the key because I tell people it's – before I would get into any other question, I'd say, are you sure? Yeah. Because this is the life of a Hollywood stuntman or stuntwoman. This is the life. This is how hard it is. This is what you're up against. I would ask that question first and foremost. Secondly, I'd say, okay, well, you know, start training. And, um, you know, that that would probably be the, the, the other thing, you know. And then um, – I'm trying to think of the third the third thing. Uh, I probably would ask you where you lived, mm-hmm. and based on where you lived, I, I'd probably try to direct you to say, "Well, here are the markets and where you live." So, if you're in the East Coast, here's the East Coast market. Here are the guys who mostly work on the East Coast. So, you know, those are the probably if you say the three things uh, that I would ask you, that would be it. Mm-hmm. That, that that that's great advice. You know, if you saw the girl I went to the prom with uh, back in high school, I think that would be considered a stunt. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did want to ask you, um, and I ask actors this a lot, are you ever worried there's a day that CGI takes the place of the, the human part of stunt work or the human part of acting? Are you ever worried that's going to happen? Um, no, um, because I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, I know I just committed blasphemy on air, but I consider it a good thing because, yeah. um, you know, there's always going to be a human component, number one. And number two, if you can use anything to make this stuff better and safer, I am game. Right. I am game. Well said. So um, I don't worry about it. I think it's just going to be a natural part of it. Um, I just think it's just that's just what it's going to be. You know, I, I look at the look at my kids and what in the age that they're growing up in. Um, it just, you know, the digital age is just going to be a reality, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to be, you can have whole sets now without actually not being on location. Right. So it's just going to be a different reality. So I don't guess I worry about it. I mean, I've been able to participate and maybe by the time I finish this career, um, that might be the new reality. Right. And I got a few more questions for you, buddy. Thank you so much for giving me your time. I really appreciate it, my man. No, thanks for having me, man. This has been really fun. Yeah. So let me ask you, what do you do in your downtime? Like, forget the business stuff, all right? Buddy's got a, a few minutes to himself. What's he doing? So uh, besides being a family man, yep. you know, mm-hmm. besides being a family man, spending my time with my family, which I really enjoy, mm-hmm. um, I have a clothing line. Oh, um, very cool. 
I called American Stuntman 76, mm -hmm. uh, American Stuntman 76.com. Mm -hmm. And I also uh, have a podcast. <laughs> mm. And that leads to being my next, my, my last question. So <laughs> your, your podcast is, is fantastic and, and it's called the great American podcast. And I have to say, I love it because I can listen to it and not have a, a political affiliation and not be offended. It's just a fun listen to just basically two guys on a well, not you're not literally on a porch, but um, uh -huh. it's just two guys just kind of you know just just talking, and it's just fantastic. If you want to, I, I'd love to hear you describe your podcast to my listeners because I probably didn't do it any justice. Um, no, what you did is great, man. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you for the compliment. That means a lot. Yeah, you and your partner John have this great chemistry, this great rapport, this great flow. Just talk a little bit about your podcast, buddy. Well, okay, so the, our podcast, the Great American Podcast, that's what we called it, and, and, uh, and you know, kind of like you know, like you had the Great American Novel, mm -hmm. and um, basically, uh, we always said we're two guys just kicking it on the torch, and the idea was, um, you know. We just felt like people aren't doing that enough. That was the genesis of it. You know, he was on a podcast. He's an actor. He's right now. He's been on, you know, John Pierre Cho has been on Twin Peaks. He's been on Barry. He's been on a lot of different shows. Mm -hmm. And um, he and I often have conversations uh, and, and, and debates. And then we say, we're kind of old school, though. We just have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And we said, we're just like two guys kicking it on the porch. So that was kind of the genesis of it was just like saying, why don't we just have our own podcast where we just want to talk about, have fun, talk about anything, and just just be two dudes rapping. And occasionally other people will come sit on the porch with us and we'll rap with them. Mm -hmm. So so, so the idea would literally be, as I was telling John, like um, the, the, the porch is representative of where he's from in Vermont and where I'm from in Texas. We always say back in the day, people would just hang out on the porch porch and just talk mm. and you would just settle your differences on the porch right mm. that's what you would do right so 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 you know so you would sit there you and i would sit there and talk and we'd be having a beer we'd be having tea and we would talk about the politics of today and most of the time it probably didn't get out of hand because i was respectfully on your porch but you were respectfully on my porch so we could have a civil conversation and even discourse and hopefully my joke is it doesn't result in us going off the porch and getting into the front yard right <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the yeah. That was kind of the genesis of our show, and we've had people on though. We you know we we're building it. It started off as just kind of like he and John, John and I having fun. Right. Because he and I just love having fun. We really do it for ourselves. It's kind of selfish, but we just had comedian Tom Dreesen on. Yes. We've had um, author Shelby Steele on. You know, we've uh, had another comedian, Stephen Lolly. We've had Natalie Foster, who's a she's a part of uh, the what's that show called Girls Guide to Guns. Yep. And um, we've had her on. We've had Eli Steele on, who's got this award-winning documentary out called I Am, How Jack Became Black uh, on. And then uh, some of our upcoming guests we have on, we have uh, Nade Mitchin. She's going to be on our show, and she has a she has a short called The Other Side of Home that talks about the uh, Armenian genocide. Yes. And she's going to come kick it on the porch with us and, and tell us why she made this documentary. And she's on the Oscar shortlist uh, for this documentary. Wow. So, you know, it's starting to grow a little bit, although that wasn't our intention, I guess. And we're just kind of rolling along with it. It, it, it. Let me ask you this. So I, I have to ask, is there not, obviously not really, but is there a time where you and, and John were close to going out into the front yard? Has there Never. No, I'm never, just, never. You... We have never gone to the front because once again, like I said, the porch. We 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 have so much fun. I mean, we have so much 
I tell them, we have so much fun even in our disagreements. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, and that's some of the compliments that we've actually gotten from people where they say it's just really cool to see two guys who are on opposite sides of the fence on certain issues. And it's like just you guys just disagree and you're still laughing and talking because I love him. he's my brother and I mean that like right. you know you know it, it, it to us it's just not that serious it's like well you think this way and I think that way okay well there you have it mm. so so now so now what mm. you know you know what I'm saying yeah, so yeah. so so it's not as I say it's not trying to be wishy washy and say we are the world no but it's more about just saying you know we are individuals mm. I respect I they I respectfully disagree with someone's point of view but i don't take it personal I don't, and i don't think it i don't think i need to destroy them or want to be destroyed because um i happen to be pro-life and my my colleague is pro-choice right you it, know what i'm saying yes. you know what i'm saying like 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 yes. it's, it's like i would say that's one of our better shows one time of us just really disagreeing and almost getting uh uh, uh loud and then somehow John says, I love you, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of it. Yeah. So, and it does help that John's a comic, by the way. And then just recently, I'll tell you, our last show is just going to be up parts one and two. We had comedian Stephen Lally on. Okay. And um, he's, he says he's, he's so far left. He says he makes, uh, he makes liberals look like conservatives, right? That's how far <laughs> left he has. And he's one of our best buddies. So we love having him on because yeah. he's always going to come on and, and just yell at people. So it's, it's great. It's, we're having a lot of fun with it, man. Yeah. You know? And it's refreshing. That two guys can just disagree without having you, know, you turn a TV on, people are insulting one another, they're insulting yeah. other networks. It's like, come on now, like a show like yours is a breath of fresh air because, yeah, I, I could side with Buddy on an issue and be like, yeah, you know what, he's he's right, or I can listen to John make his point without totally insulting you. So, that yeah, is- yeah, yeah, and, and, and last thing I'll say about it, just to promote it again, is like, you know, that was the, that's what we always say is like, to me, it's boring. My deal is, it's like, and here's where I go into my, I'm sorry, man, my patriot mode, but you know, military, Brad, right? What are you going to do? Texan, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I'd say that's the whole, that's what's missing in the political discourse to me personally, is that, is like, I say, I truly do want to work with people, but we have to be honest and talk about what works. Right. You know, well, so that's what we're trying to find. So let's argue on what works and what doesn't work. Let's use numbers. Let's use statistics. I think what happens is, bro, is that it's the ideologies that become so violent and vicious. Right. When I can sit back and say, you know, look, I'm a black guy. And um, and, uh, and the, there's a lot of dysfunction going on in the black community. I speak to kids in black communities and I talk about excellence and I talk about nobility and courage, mm, you know. Mm. But when I mention that, hey, you know, that that the black father is missing in the black communities and that 75 percent of babies that are born out of wedlock, that's, that has a huge effect on a culture. Mm. So, so when I go talk about the importance of trying to rebuild that family structure and embracing, you know, I, I'm a living example of that, of, 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 of having my dad and also embracing the beauties and the opportunities here in America. I'm not so cynical about America. So that's kind of the overall message I have, even when I go talk to kids. Yeah, and I would imagine kids are blown away by your story and the fact that they have a, you know, a successful, one of the most successful stunt, stuntmen speaking to them. I, I would think kids would gobble that stuff up. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, I think they, I think that's a good icebreaker. But then I always bring it to the spiritual realm, as I always do. And then I say, so I've always said, guys, you have no limits. Because I go, if a country boy from Texas like me can do it, you can. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I always share these stories. Like when I need a Johnny Depp or I need a Joe Rogan or I need a Viggo Mortensen, you know, I always say that I've met some of the top movie stars in the world or, or the richest people in the world. I've met billionaires through Hollywood mm. and they are literally no smarter than anybody in this room. Right. They just work hard. So, you know what I mean? So that's kind of the message that I'm going to tell my own kids is that hard work is the key. You know, nothing's going to stop you. Race is not going to stop you. No one can stop you. You know, you are your, as my dad would say, that guy you look at in the mirror every day, son, that's your worst enemy. What you do is so wonderful, buddy. The fact that you speak to kids that they must be, they must be blown away by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, bro. I, I, could, I couldn't agree with you more in the sense that I say, that's what, if I want to give back to anything to my own children, anybody else, that is the main story, that nothing comes without a price. Right. Um, but the worst thing that you could do is allow somebody else's thoughts to become your thoughts. Well said. You know what I'm saying? Yep, and, yep. and I think that is the worst thing to do, because you're going to always run into people who tell you that you can't do it. You're not going to make it. Mm. You know, I mean, I've, I've gone through that, you know, I'd say a lot of times my entire life, you know, where it's just because uh, certain things just seem out of reach. And I've also had everybody has an opinion on what you should be doing when you should ask yourself, who are you? First right. of all, start with that concept, right? Like take everything away, take the stun away, take the captain away. Who are you? Look in the mirror. Who are you? Right. Um, without all these labels and things. And then start from that and then start building. And um, it'll be a lot easier to build if you know who you are. I think what happens is, is that with people is that, you know, oftentimes, so, so when I go talk to kids, I try not to tell them who they should be. Right. I say, ask yourself that question first. And then if you honestly, that's who you are. Then, then start building. Then yes. look at something and go 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 straight forward. You know, just stay in the saddle. You know what I mean? Stay in the saddle because if you hang in there long enough, you're going to get a shot. Yeah, man, you are super well thought out. Um, you got your money's worth with that degree. I'm telling you right now, that is. Oh, thank you. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, d diminish. Uh, you are really thought out, and, and and it's such practical and awesome uh, thoughts and advice. One last question. Your kids come up to you and say, Dad, I want to be a stuntman. What's your reply? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Daddy does not want that for you. Um, um, but once again, if they want to do it, of course. You know, you know, like I said, my dad said, who are you? I'll say, well, first of all, who are you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously... I, it's like anything else. I would not want my kids to live this life right. uh, only because I am built for this. This right. is who I am. Like I told you before, I'm the guy who likes living on the edge. I'm always, that's just what I like to do. Um, you know, I'd say even with the podcast, I'm living on the edge because, you know, even, even, even that has a, has an element of danger to it. Right. Because, right. uh, because of what I believe. So I, I'd say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if they wanted to do it, I'd be like, no, no, no. I'd say, what? be a producer, <laughs> have a different type of stress, but uh, don't, don't do stunts. I don't want you guys falling down for a living now. They're my babies, man. I don't yeah. want them to, I don't want them to get hurt. No. You know, but yeah. we'll see, right? Yeah, I hear you. And uh, let me let me ask you: are, are there any projects down the road you want to talk about? Anything you're working on? TV, movie, anything you want to? Well, just... so recently, I have been the stunt coordinator on uh, on two movies. Uh, one, I had to sign an NDA, so. 
two movies I did, I can't tell you about them. Three, actually. I've done. I've coordinated three films. Man, think about it. That should be coming out soon that I can't talk about, unfortunately, because I signed a non-disclosure agreement. Gotcha. Um, I just did a couple of episodes coordinating. I can talk about this. Raven Simone's new show, Raven's Home. Yep. I'm still coordinator on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and like I said, I just as a stunt performer, which I still perform, although I do coordinate as well, I did, um, I did do... Uh, scorpion and so so yeah so you know that's like i said got some other stuff kind of coming up but in this day and age with the non-disclosure agreement you can't talk because everything gets out on social media so quick yes um yep. they'll even do they'll even send us scripts with our names on them water we know so if those scripts get out or something they know who to come to and they'll just find you like it's a it's a fine they'll find you if you wow if you promote the stuff so yeah sorry man i can't tell you too much yeah i don't want to get you in trouble um his name is buddy so stand uh buddy good health be safe you're you're a great guy i really want to thank you for coming on the monday morning critic man i want to say this has been a really fun and thank you to to you and your listeners, man, and thanks for having me. And if you guys want to have some fun, go to the Great American Podcast.us. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. That was Stuntman Buddy. So stand. Um, buddy is just such a great guy. Um, on and off the air. Just a just a stand-up dude, quality person. Um, I like him a lot. Very philosophical, very thought out. Um, his approach even to podcasts or stunt work is the same. He's meticulous. He kind of He's very thorough, um, very special kind of guy in that way. You know, you don't see many people like that. You know, he brought up Bruce Lee. You know, Bruce Lee was meticulous. He was philosophical. He was um, very rigid in, in, in his ways and um, uh, how he approached things. Uh, and Buddy's a lot like that as far as being meticulous and, and, and sorting things out and, and thinking things through. Um, there's a lot to be said for that. And Jesus Christ, I mean, he is, he has a profession that who doesn't want to be a stuntman when you're a kid? I mean, the man is living a dream. Um, And and not many people could say they're living their dream and and doing what they wanted to do when they were younger. And um, there's such a satisfaction to that, you know. Um, I can't, I mean, I can't even climb a ladder without soiling myself. So, I mean, geez, some of the stuff that Buddy does, uh, I, I can't help but be in awe. And his filmography is amazing, whether it's Thor, Captain America, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, uh, Banshee, uh, The Road. He's in almost everything. And there's a reason why a man like that is in top-notch movies and continues to be employed. Um, the guy's great. He's, he's unbelievable at what he does. It's the same reason why you know, actors like Robert Duvall get work constantly. It's why Tom Cruise gets work constantly. It's why... Um, all your top name actors get work constantly is the same reason why Buddy as a stuntman gets work constantly because he's phenomenal at what he does and he's right he's like a professional athlete uh, stuntmen are pro athletes join us next week for episode 26 we have a very special guest thank you and we will talk soon <laughs>